Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We are going to do a poo-poo platter of uh, handicapping talk today. Uh, there's a ton to ton going on uh, in the world of sports. Tony Romo is going to win a golf tournament. Uh, should we start there? <laughs> Andy, how are you doing this Wednesday? <laughs> when someone that's all i can think of i posted the meme chat of it but that's all i can think of is kevin from the office when someone <laughs> gives you ten thousand to one odds you take that back you take it that's yes. it yeah yep if john mellencamp wins an oscar i'm going to be a really rich dude <laughs> oh, that's, uh, it's funny and it's funny like because he, he shot like the last time out, he missed the cut. He shot very high. He's not going to. He's not likely to make the cut, even according to the bet. And like the one book is advertising that, you know, he's like their biggest. Not not just liability because it doesn't take much to be a liability. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the tickets. He's like the ticket leader and the money leader. So, I guess people are following that advice. Which, like, I mean, if you put ten bucks on it, whatever, for a laugh, and and boy, yeah. it would be nuts if he if he did it on Sunday. Like that'd be a hell of a sweat. If there was ever a golf ticket that you actually could hedge, there's one. But uh, even <laughs> that would be tough if, with multiple people. But yeah, it's fun. I got my plays in. It was weird. It was chalky week. Like I, I was I was looking at my how I put my golf numbers together and. Uh, it was starting to feel like it was college basketball season all over. It's like, oh, I, I guess I just play dogs in this also. Because I played almost all, like seven out of eight were dogs. And then this week, all I wanted to do was take the favorites big time and take them at the minus one and a half like the I don't know if it's run line in baseball and puck line in hockey and it's stone line in curling. Is it? Is there something for golf when you bet the minus one and a half in a matchup? Yeah, it's a stroke line. It's the stroke. It's, it's the stroke line. Stroke line sounds pretty dirty. <laughs> it's Either way, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I made ten matchup bets. Mm, okay, and well, nine of them are on the stroke line. I okay. Now, granted, now I know that there are some very sharp players that help shape these um, matchup lines in golf, um, and. Clearly, uh, you know, not it, but you know, but they, they put up enough that not everyone gets a ton of action, right? Like, there's probably these, there's these are probably pretty softly bet into markets. And, and you know, I have this philosophy when it comes to like handicapping the Olympics matchups, handicapping some of the hot dog eating matchups. Like, these are like poorly informed matchup markets where if you're, ta- you know, they're they're probably pretty darn close to 50 50 and if you're getting plus money on any given side like that's probably plus plus ev um i think that you know we talked about cognitive biases on monday i suspect that there's an anchoring bias when people see a golf matchup and they see a guy is favored over another guy that they assume that okay well he has a better chance to win then and they kind of start their handicap there and that might kind of you know influence some of this line movement and so I, you know, knowing nothing oh, else that's, about that's how that's exactly where I was last week. 
that's where I was last week. I was in I was in that exact frame of mind. Like, oh, I'm just all these plus one, you know, plus one ten, plus one twenty dogs. Like, this is this is gonna work out if I can find the right ones. But then yeah. this week, it's and I'm getting plus number odds because I'm betting minus one and a half strokes. And I yeah. think it's it's like we did talk about in the cognitive biases as far as the the selling points, selling strokes, selling runs thing. I think getting a plus number because just um, and you know shout out I, I will say to my boy James JD Jmaz at Jmaz whatever I can't think of his full Twitter handle we've had him on here he posts golf plays if you don't follow him uh, he posts a lot more golf plays than me he does a lot of great stuff with outrights and first round leaders and stuff but he he's kind of my behind the scenes you know golf mentor helping me out uh, to find good information on you he's know the previews yeah, on courses easier, and stuff easier swing co- easier swing he's coach. Quite, He's my, he's my Butch Harmon. Okay. And right. uh, he, he's been great with some stuff too. And, and like, it's nice when I, I ask him like, Hey, this is what I'm coming up with this week. He's like, yeah, it's, it's that kind of tournament. Like the guy that won this tournament last year went 23 under. No, so it's, oh it's kind of, yeah. oh. <laughs> it's, oh. it's, uh, it's kind of a full, full links course that like, you need to get up there. You need to get some birdie shots and you need to make them. It's going to be a lot of guys going low apparently. So well, let me ask you for the DFS guys. I had a point here. I lost it. Uh, the, oh, and the point was he did some back testing on like, we thought about that. We, we looked into that. We've talked about this in other sports. We talk about it with key numbers in the NFL and how other sports do not have key numbers. And some of my original reasoning when I was starting to look at golf matchups was looking at those plus one and a halves, because if you bet plus one and a half in the NBA, if you bet plus one and a half in baseball, um, you know, there's, there's a non, there's a 0% chance you're going to win on a tie. Like those, those are sports that cannot end in ties. Hockey, you know, hockey is different. A lot of that's three way, but uh, in golf, I mean, unless you win or you're one of the leaders, like, and I don't even know how a playoff counts towards matchups. I that's something I should look into. But I'm like, isn't there a lot more ties because you know you see like 18 guys tied for second or fourth or however it is in some of the bigger fields, and and James is like, I mean, no, I mean it, it seems like that way, but like the odds that those two people tied are the two people from the matchup aren't as good. Because it is a big field. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of people that tie, but you're not getting matchups for every combination, every person. Like, good point. The, the odds of ties happening just aren't that great. And he did some back testing and found like how often you know a matchup, a matchup lands on one stroke or tied. So I mean, if you do like somebody in golf, and we're gonna, he's hopefully he does more of it, so I don't have. To. Do, but I've been I've been grabbing screenshots of every matchup available in every book before yeah. these tournaments now, and I'm going to start doing back testing and front testing and side testing on on this. As far as if you think one golfer is better than the other golfer, and you should almost certainly be betting the minus one and a half. I think because the price difference between that is is great enough to sell those strokes and not worry about winning by one or, you know, getting your refund on a push. 
So I just don't think it's common enough to make up for the price. And like, uh, I, I, you know, after we talked about it, it's funny how that got brought up between him and I the other day after we had the, the cognitive biases episode. Like, I didn't realize he'd done that testing. And it's interesting. It's like some of the testing you did in the NBA as far as yeah. when yeah. you sell your points compared to not selling it. So just yeah. something to think about going forward. I'm going to continue to try to bet something this summer because Christ, it's mm. not football yet. Right. I know, man. Um, well, speaking of matchups and speaking of testing, I was, you know, I, I do this every year where I just grab all of the matchups available at one of the, uh, the well-known offshore books for the Kentucky Derby horses. Um, because I always kind of play this theory there too. Like I look for five plus monies in the matchups and just hit five and like, yeah, three, three out of these five will probably hit. Well, uh, this, this week's, I mean, yeah, this year's, uh, course matchups out of 56 that got posted, uh, 75% of the plus monies hit. And so literally I, you know, I, I think there is merit to this for markets that are poorly informed and poorly shaped, um, you know, where the favorite, uh, the appearance of a favorite uh, does drive some of the action, like the opposite of long shot bias that you see sometimes in other sports like tennis and soccer. Um, so keep that in mind for the Preakness coming up next week, uh, which will be a smaller field. So fewer matchups, but without a doubt, there'll still be some opportunities to try to take advantage of that. Um, and I wonder, you brought up a point about like the, how soft a market is or if maybe how much it's getting bet into. And I would think, if you are a sharp guy, which I am not going to claim to be at all in golf, I'm just kind of fooling around with it right now. But if you're a sharp guy in golf, and I guess I'd like to hear from some of the people I talked to about golf, like, do you think maybe you could do that much better on some of these, you know, this, whatever it is, the Byron Nelson, you know, we've, we just had the masters. You've got another big one coming up in a couple weeks. Maybe the casual betters aren't betting matchups in the Byron Nelson classic, maybe a couple outrights here or there. Like there probably is a softness to that market. And the, you know, the preakness isn't the same. Obviously it's still a triple crown race, but I would say the volume from casual betters betting the Derby compared to the preakness is a huge difference. Like, uh, yeah. You, uh, yeah. Matchup. And you know what this I is? Mean, it's still you know getting that pretty right. compared to your normal races. You know what this is? It's missing the wisdom of the crowd, right? Like, because there's just, there's not enough volume, not enough liquidity to have like a relatively efficient price in these markets is my opinion. Like, yeah, there may be some sharp players who are doing very well handicapping these, but effectively their odds after, you know, after the kind of the openers are, are bet into and, and we see kind of numbers solidify, like that just reflects like maybe one guy's, you know, model, right? Like it's not like really reflecting like, Oh, the wisdom of the crowds to a degree where you would start to see, uh, you know, some of these numbers take a little bit more, you know, of an efficient shape. And so it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out. I can't wait to hear some of your results, but I like your strategy of kind of identifying some of these underdogs with value, uh, and, uh, letting the chaos reign because sure enough, there's a lot of uncertainty in golf. Let me ask you real quick. Did you account at all for the fact that the PGA championship is next week? Uh, which is out of the norm uh, for this time of year? Uh, I didn't because I have no idea how. Like, I'm just going to sure. be super honest about that. I guess, I mean, it's still good prize money. 
and I, I guess again, maybe I'm, I should be writing these questions down for the people I talk to about golf. Like, is there something to be said for trying to stay in good form? You know, it's not like uh, tapering for running or swimming where, man, I better not go play a bunch of golf. I could get really tired for the big tournament. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, great. I mean, these guys do have to walk 7,200 plus, you know, that's just the length of the hole. They do have to walk quite a bit. It is, it is demanding, and it's it's mentally taxing, I'm sure, playing at a high level like this. But I, I don't think it's the same as, like, uh, you know, like I said, marathon running or something as far sure. as I need to take a few weeks off before. You know, there's there's definitely probably an advantage to staying in form and playing well. So I wouldn't think guys are just going to this tournament and mailing it in. I wonder if you could exploit something. You know, obviously I play just the the the, the tournament long matchups. I did dabble in day to day stuff when we had the Masters, and I might look at that too. But maybe there's something to be said for that. Somebody who has you know a bigger tournament coming up and they have just a garbage day one like are they just gonna mail it in day mail two it in. you know yeah. do, right. do you right, go right, right, right. Do you go all out yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you do you go in and mail uh, all in just to try to make the cut at a you know middle of the season tournament in texas we see it or in tennis you, you, know, you get your mind yeah, no it's exactly that's a great example you get you your see mind it right in tennis man you know just go out there try to Okay, work on your game a little, miss the cut, play, you know, go four over and just work on some stuff, go home and get ready for the next week. And that'll that'll be interesting. Maybe I'll take a look at that. And yeah, I don't know how many people normally withdraw, but there was like I won two uh two or three of my matchups. I won on withdrawals. Mm. Which it's not like, oh man, am I glad they withdrew? Because now I win. Like they were they were already like plus eight on the first or second day. Like those matchups were going to win anyway, but I, I wonder what the, you know, what the frequency of withdrawals and tennis or in golf is at some of these smaller tournaments like this. Yeah. And yeah, I, the, the I, tennis I example you, is a great yeah, example. The week before a slam, like if you are, if you're someone who's very diligent about using some sort of model or some sort of specific handicapping approach for tennis, the week before a slam is a great week to take off. And the reason is exactly sort of what we're setting up here for golf. Uh, a guy that might be favored. In Motivation a match, all mo over. Yeah. All he loses, you, yeah. you lose, he loses set one and rather than, Oh fuck. Now I got to grind out a three setter. Like, you know, he's he's packing his bags, he's taking his fitness checkup, and he's heading to Roland Garros, right? Like, there's no way a guy is, you know, grinding it out in Geneva, oh, yeah. Switzerland for, you know, for for whatever, you know, to get to the quarterfinals from the round of, you know, round of 16 uh, after he loses set yeah. one. So it's a good it's a good time I'm trying, I'm trying to, to skip betting altogether or to, there to look for others. There was? You can't, you know, uh, well, a lot of U.S. books, you're not going to be able to go to the low, low, low levels. But, I mean, European books, anything, you know, the stuff you can get in Canada, some of that stuff, you can bet, especially the Aussie and Euro books, you can bet ITF and, like, the real low-level tennis. Like, that stuff is super tricky. I can't remember the article, but it was basically said, like, there was a case where the guy – the guy was looking at his tournament or whatever. And like the difference in the prize money between winning his next match 
would wouldn't be enough to cover the cost of switching his plane tickets. <laughs> he didn't expect to make it that far, and he already had his plane tickets. You know, he wasn't like yeah. he wasn't that good. He didn't think he'd get that far in the tournament, so he, he was able to save money by booking tickets to the next city, the next tournament, and like the change fee for the ter- for the tickets was more than it would be if he won one more round. Like, you have to you have to sit and think about that. Like, I'm gonna lose money by winning this tennis match here in this tournament because the prize money is really small on the lower levels. It is a grind for those guys. Yeah, you see sure. the, the world rankings go down. They're like, you know, there's people ranked like 1200, you know, those, those guys are grinding it down on the low levels and, and that's stuff like that's just information that very few people are going to have. And you'll see some very odd results at the lower level. And I mean, we've talked about this in the past. There's there's rampant match fixing in some of these. Yeah, the uh, lower tournaments especially. Yeah, right, right, right. And you know, and I for, for the same team. reason, the, the prize money is so low. If somebody offers them, you know, it, it doesn't take that much money to fix a match for some of these people because no. the prize money is so low. No, and actually, like the studies and you know the 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 handful of times that we've had clear and concise evidence of and and fixing has been exposed um guys are taking like two to four k to fix and then the guy the syndicates who are behind it are turning around and profiting to the tune of like five five six figures like it's it's really uh pretty wild i say i wouldn't i shouldn't say six I, I, the only examples i know of like the syndicates were in the 20 to 40 uh to 60k range what they ended up netting uh across their outs and and the guy that actually did the fixing got like two to four k he basically got, he got a tip <laughs> right like it's uh it's pretty pretty crazy how that yeah. shit goes down um and, it, and it's all know, very interesting now because of the yeah the way that i mean just uh I sound like an old person now with the internet. But just the fact that everything is connected, you know, just the, you know, the fact that everything is connected now, it's pretty quickly identified. Yes. If there's a small match in a small tournament with a small player, and all of a sudden there's a hundred times the volume, a thousand times the normal amount of money placed on a match, and it wins, like that guy's getting investigated instantly. And yes. it doesn't matter how far you spread that money out at a bunch of different books. They all, it's all, it's all connected and everybody knows people find out in a hurry. And then that guy, that's where, if you're listening, you know, tennis grinders out there, don't do it because it's so easy to get busted. It's so easy. It really is. Um, yeah. And the TIU put out that report sure. where they were like, here's our tips for how you should go about like fixing this problem. And they were so misguided. They were so, they were so bad. Like they were literally like, yep, you got to sever advertising deals between sports books and some of these smaller tournaments. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, you know, you need to forge That's not gonna an absolute, you need to forge an absolutely airtight relationship between the bookmakers who are, you are getting the information in real time and no, liabilities and can spot inconsistencies you need an airtight relationship between oh. those people and the regulators like you like do like you you should not force it can you, can you imagine that? into a black market it's so backwards yeah can you imagine the, the tennis officials being so hand in hand with the sports books that they can be told before the match starts like hey this is we suspicious. have some very 
We yes. have some very suspicious betting patterns on this. And can you imagine the official hat? Like, that would be something I'd love to see. Go out there and just chew a guy's ass. Yeah. Like, hey, guess what? Like, you know, you, you, yes. you, there was some wild ass betting. I can't accuse you of anything right now. But yes. the moment I see a lack of effort from here, we're going to have some problems. Yeah. You because lose if, the you, first if set, you throw this right. match, yeah, you lose the first set, and the umpire gets down from his chair and hands you a TIU notice. Like, like tomorrow morning, you'll be at this place and you'll answer for what happened in this match because two and two, we put, we just put. Yeah, it if you're my right right four hundred favorite, yeah, you want to nip it in the bud. Faulting, boom, every boom, game you're, boom. you're throwing in two double faults. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, 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 it should be identified, and that, that's going to be the quickest way to stop those guys. Like, if, if, uh, you know, if, oh yeah, the f- officials that are governing. Or, like you said, are you know tightly informed by the sports books? Like, hey, this is probably fixed. You should go yell at this guy. I'd like that yeah. because yeah. Right. I hate being. I love being on a. I like. I like knowing when it's happening, but we of don't course. get that information enough. Right. Occasionally we do, but not enough. <laughs> anyway, um, the uh, the yeah. The other thing is that like it takes way too long to adjudicate this stuff. Like. The guy, you know, Marco Cecchinato, who was a semifinalist in the French Open last year and is still playing a ton of tennis on tour right now and is expected to be, you know, another contender, you know, for to do something at, uh, you know, at, you know, through the clay swing this season uh, is, you know, is very, very deeply embroiled in a massive scandal that looks extremely bad for him. Uh, and it's been like three years that they've been investigating this, and he still has not had his day in front of the TIU where they've compiled all the evidence and levied some decision to him. And in the meantime, there's a lot of suspicious shit going on in this guy's matches. Like, you can't, you're like, once you know, like, you can't watch it and be like, wow, huh? So he got bageled in the first set again. That's weird. Uh, you know, like, this is, it's, it's impossible to dissociate the two. They need to absolutely. You know, they need to, what do you call it, um, uh, prioritize speed of dealing with these situations. Like, they have the right idea in terms of levying punishments. Like, people are getting lifetime bans. Like, that's freaking serious. Uh, you know, but it's taking so long to adjudicate this that a guy can rack up enough career earnings that he's ready to retire anyway by the time they hand down the goddamn ban. So it's it's really it's really wild that they don't have Yeah, it is know, taking too long. It's really wild that they don't have like the fundamentals figured out on this yet. Uh, which makes me think that they don't really care to get them figured out, to be honest with you, because, you know, like the, it made bad, big headlines, big news, a bunch of people at the Australian Open were, you know, embroiled in TIU scandal. And then that was that was two Australian Opens ago that that report got dropped and that we knew that there were 11 players being investigated. To this day, we have no freaking clue who was involved other than the suspicions of the people who pay especially close attention to the markets and the volumes and the unusual, you know, betting activity. So it's, it's wild. Anyway, um, the, uh, let's, let's move uh, on to tennis, I guess. Just, we're, we're half-time here. Any other tennis yeah, hot we're half-time here at, uh, eh, not really. We'll save them for the French Open. Okay. But, uh. Uh, you want to? Should we do like a kind of a half-assed NBA reset, like where we're at? Yeah, yeah. Like what you bet, how bad, yeah, how bad yeah, it went, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like yesterday, how you feel about like. So we're we're sitting awful. here. It's halftime in the Boston-Milwaukee game. When you're listening to this, that game will be over, and either Boston got their shit together and Kyrie learned how to shoot, or Milwaukee <laughs> will be in the Eastern Conference Finals after 
one good game out of Boston. That was the ultimate in, holy shit, this is going to be a series. And then, I mean, if Milwaukee holds on, it obviously was not. Uh, we got the Houston-Golden State game. What's Golden State a six-point favorite at home heading back? Uh, I don't really know what to make of that one, I guess. Yeah, it might man. just be a home and away series, Rico. <laughs> okay, nobody, so let's... nobody gives up home court. Okay, let's save some hot takes on um, on Boston and Philly for next week. Next NBA, week, I want to yeah. do a full on NBA episode on Wednesday. Uh, we'll get a do guy, it. yeah, guy, a guy that I, I like talking to behind the scenes a ton about NBA. Uh, get some takes on where yeah. did Boston and Philly go now? Because I think Boston and Philly are done. Um, and they're they're fascinating and compelling stories about where they go now. Um, I thought Boston was going to be a hell of a lot more competitive. I thought that they had a coaching advantage, no. which has completely dematerialized. Like for for sure, uh, Brad Stevens has virtually no control over what's going on with the you know with the shot distribution on this team. Uh, I think it would have been pretty painfully obvious that if he did have some control, then Kyrie's uh, usage would be down. But it's gone up uh, in in spite of his inefficiency, staying very very low. Um, and actually this is kind of a theme that you can see in the NBA across smaller point guards, like in the second round, like if you can put, uh, you know, a wing defender on your smaller point guard, like he's not going to get his shots as easily. Like will, I mean, um, what's his name? He has uh, no assists. It's amazing. He has it's zero a, assists and le- 11 missed shots at halftime. Incredible. That's it's incredible. That's yeah, not what no, you want. No, he's he's hurt his stock. Guard. No, he's he's hurt his reputation and his stock tremendously this uh, this cycle. Um, the team looked more fluid, more competitive, and went farther last year without him. Uh, they were a game away from going to the NBA Finals with a team that did not include him and get Gordon Hayward, and yet here we sit. And granted, this is it's stupid that to really hold this run. up. It's stupid to hold it up as a comparison to this um, this team in this series because the East has gotten substantially better. Uh, Giannis has taken an enormous leap in terms of his ability to control a playoff series. Uh, he looked lost in game one against the Celtics. He did not look like he had kind of an idea of how to use his physicality and his aggressiveness to dominate the game. He figured it out in the second quarter of game two, and it has been on a completely lopsided mismatch ever since. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really going to be, a, I mean, it's going to be a fascinating Eastern Conference Finals if Toronto goes through as well. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has been playing at an otherworldly level, but I'm nervous as hell as a Toronto backer because he looks like he's getting tired. I'm seeing no signs of fatigue whatsoever in Giannis. Giannis looks like he can do this for another four weeks, uh, just you know, playing absolutely out of his mind like this. Leonard, it's that Mediterranean diet. Yeah, Leonard's been carrying a lot of the load, though. He really carried this Toronto team. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Like they do, they, they need otherwise. Game Six. They need it bad. Like, they really they do. don't. They well. The, well, they, yeah, they need to just they need to tie this up now. Like a game seven, obviously, game seven also has the chance of you not advancing, obviously, but <laughs> like just playing one more, playing one more game, one extra travel game, everything yeah. like that. Like yeah, that it's like you said, he he is looking a little gassed at times, hands on uh, yeah. his knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting and- get it, getting this game six done tomorrow would be uber important to making the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. 
I'm expecting and it. I'm, yeah, and I mean, I'm, I'm expecting it. The Sixers, the Sixers so. look lost. The They're Sixers only like coach, a two-point favorite, right? The Sixers coach has used all he used all of his bullets way too early in the series, and he's got nothing left. Joel Embiid. Uh, we talked about this heading into this series, why we were not expecting him to be impactful over the course of the series uh, because of the knee injuries he sustained through, uh, you know, like March and April, really after the really the All-Star game. He must have done something in the All-Star game. He missed a bunch of time afterwards. His conditioning was never really good. And so you knew as these series got tighter uh, and they were playing every other game that he was going to have a difficult time finding, con- you know, contribute, you know, contributing to to the Sixers' efforts. Uh, and it all goes through him right now because Ben Simmons has not shown the ability to create offense, especially in this series where they have a nice matchup for him. Uh, and um, you know, Jimmy Butler is kind of the only guy that's really doing anything to warrant, you know, consideration of uh, of being a kind of a top tier player in this series. And uh, you know, for whatever everyone says and what we can tell, he's you know not long for Philadelphia. So it's 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 fascinating to see, um, you know, how Philadelphia went from up to one people, you know, expecting, oh man, we really do have it together. The process is you know is is finally coming to fruition, and it fell apart so damn fast, so fast. And you know, a lot of it, in my opinion, at least, is on the back of you know the fact that Embiid's not in, in good shape right now and you know he's suffering from quote-unquote illnesses which you know to me is just he's run he's run the hell down uh shitty conditioning shitty conditioning and you know that's what happens that's what happens when you drink pitchers of shirley temples uh for dinner every night so um do you you remember that story about Embiid getting room service to tell him there's a rookie of getting a pitcher of shirley temples (laughs) (laughs) i love that shit anyway um that said, Embiid had a great season, and he's an absolutely dominant player, and you can build a team around him that can compete because, as going back to my know, one of my original thesis points about the NBA playoffs and what it's telling us, small guards aren't getting it done, man. Kyrie's not getting it done. Uh, Curry's not getting it done. Uh, Dame Lillard's not getting it done. Like, if you don't have size at the guard John position... Stockton, retired. When the go... <laughs> That's a great point. Muggsy Bogues, I haven't heard from Game him in forever. Combined. Yeah, Muggsy Bogues, done. I haven't heard from it. Done. Who's Spud the other? Webb. Spud Webb. Done. Done. D-U-N, done. Um, yeah. You like, just knew, as, like every week, there's a Spud Webb reference. Wow. That was <laughs> hard left field. <laughs> so um, it's uh, it's kind of coming to into focus a little bit and kind of makes you wonder, like, what's the right role for Kyrie Irving at this point in the iteration of the game of basketball? Like, if you can find a lockdown defender, and, uh, you know, let's Nuggets, Nuggets Blazers is a perfect example. Like, Dan Lillard has had not even close to the contributions that he had in the OKC series, and almost all of it can be attributed to the fact that they found a perfect defensive matchup putting Gary Harris on him constantly. And once you, you know, you, you know it's, it's a puzzle. The seven-game series is a puzzle, and each coach is trying to figure out how to get his lineups worked out and get his matchups offensive and defensively worked out. And once a piece of the puzzle comes into play, like you can legitimately just take a guy out of a series. Like, like it's like it's not it's not rational or reasonable to expect that Ben Simmons is just going to have an amazing game in Game Six. It's not rational or reasonable to think Dame Lillard is just going to 
offensive, I have an offensive explosion in game six because the opposing coaches have found amazing ways of taking these guys out of games. Uh, and you know, that's, it's not a great, uh, not a great sign for the small guards in the league, all of the Dame Lillards and I'm sorry for him because he was so spectacular in that first series. And he's, he's a great player to pull for. Like he's a, he's a great guy. And his moment of hitting that series clinching shot was probably, might go down as the most exciting and fantastic moment of basketball for the entirety of 2019. Oh my God. Like it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is a whole, whole interesting subgenre because all I can think of is our conversation about past rushers. And yeah, I think, and I think like people, people are so used to, because the rules of the game, in any of the major sports don't change drastically even over decades and half centuries but i think it's understated how quickly all of our all of our major sports evolve like like you talk about uh you talk about the the smaller guards we talk about like the spray charts uh, not spray charts but shot charts in the nba like the mid-range uh, yeah. jumper how yeah. it just it went into extinction overnight once people fi- figured it out. And, and it just does make me think of like how teams have been able to figure out how to completely neutralize a pass rush with something that's not an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. it is, or, or just how, you know, the run, the running game has become an, an inefficiency for the offense rather than <laughs> yes. an attribute. And yes. in, in a lot of points, like it is great. Like this might be a whole topic we need to dive into. It's just the evolution of each of the sports and, and yeah. like how quickly it happens. And you're not, you're not even noticing it until all of a sudden be like, man, oh, they take happened. a lot of threes now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. That's, like, uh, this year shooting a lot of threes. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so you uh, mean you take two steps back and yeah, it's worth right. 150% more. <laughs> yeah we should get guys who can do that a lot um yeah like okay, and so, then you think about it later and be like oh yeah the the mid-range jumper was kind of stupid it was kind of like your, your risk reward yeah, right yeah. um and you know and, and the other thing that's pretty obvious at least and and one of the reasons that the small guards aren't as effective uh in this round of the playoffs is because the teams that are doing well have excellent rim protection really really makes a difference and i you know you completely lose sight of that through the regular season just like how kind of you know defense doesn't matter at all as far as regular season handicapping for the most part but kind of does in the playoffs uh in the same sort of same sort of deal with uh well yeah if if they can't drive to the rack you know at will right if you have the rim protection they can't drive it takes away it takes away that and it takes away the the kick out if you're not yeah. worried about that, the, you, you lose other parts of the game. It's and it's like Kyrie tonight with his yeah. zero assists at halftime. <laughs> yeah, has he made? Anything? I, I think, it, and I think there's only. They, I read a stat. There was only three shots taken off a direct pass from him as well. Like, and they all obviously missed. Yeah, like he's wow. he's not even getting good setups for uh, you know assist opportunities. So it's not like his guys are even letting I'm, him down. You know, recording right now, I'm just, not watching. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not watching at the moment. That's okay. Um, okay, so uh, thoughts, predictions, concerns about. I want your hot takes on hockey. Oh wait, no, no, I, I we got no, no, no. We can't, we can't get off this. We'll get into hockey. Second. We can't get off this for a second because we. Uh, I, I, I need, I need two thoughts from you. 
Uh, you were always more bullish on the Bucks than I was. Okay. I thought I didn't think they had the experience. I didn't think the supporting cast around. So, um, I I didn't think the supporting cast around Giannis was good enough to to take them to the finals. I'm starting to be very concerned about the Raptors getting it done because now I think that is about flipping on its head. <laughs> like now I'm worried about the experience of Coach Nick Nurse because uh, he's done some couple of things that were a little head scratching in the in the Sixers series, and I'm worrying about. Kawhi is being kind of carrying too much of the load for Toronto. Uh, and then, you know, that, that, that the Bucks are actually uh, going to coast their way to the finals. You, you share those sentiments. And, and if so, if I'm holding an enormous position on Raptors at plus 300 ish, what is my play? If we see a series line open Milwaukee minus 180, Toronto plus 150 or something like that. Is that the line you're predicting? I think yeah. it'll be a lot closer. No, really? I don't think it'll be that big. Really? I don't know. If it, like, if, if, if I think Milwaukee Toronto, ends, you think Toronto's on. getting going to get that disrespectful? Here's how it's going to go down. I think Milwaukee ends tonight. I think um, Toronto ends tomorrow night, and then I think Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals is on Sunday, and I'm expecting. Milwaukee minus 180, Toronto plus 150, or something in that ballpark. And oh, I wouldn't even no. expect there. I wouldn't. Even I don't know. That maybe, maybe I, I don't. Maybe you're better at guessing. I'm. I was thinking like minus 140, minus 150. Like I would expect Milwaukee to be favored, but not, not closer to 200. And I mean, if you're right, that's a personal decision. You know, hedging is always a personal decision. I can't uh, spend your money for you, but uh, sure, no, okay, okay. I well, mean, see how you feel, and maybe it, it sucks. It sucks to like you can't really, you know, let it play out at all because no, no, if the, oh, if no, game no, one no. goes against oh, no, no, you, no, no. like no, no, you're, you're I, fucked. No, 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 I, you definitely can let it play out because Toronto is the away team, and if Toronto, basically, I need Toronto to win one of the first two, <laughs> right, and and. In general, like we see, let's we say see it is one eight. We see what is with, the line after game one if they lose. Like go to that. Uh, it's. Like, I mean, look at look at what happened. Obviously, look the what shift is heavy. It's a home look game. What, look what it's happened not, with Boston. Yeah, Milwaukee. it's not supposed to be a big what, shift. What was what was the Boston Milwaukee line after get, that one went from like minus three fifty to minus one twenty five? Like that was an enormous shift in the the expectation of that series. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Game. But you you can you can. You can wait, but what if they don't win them? Like, what if they look bad and they lose the two home game or the two away games? And then like, what's, what you, what, what was expected? There? What was expected to happen has happened, and so I'm not. My position hasn't yeah. really changed. Much. But the, you, you're saying the number, but the numbers moved. The number for sure moved. It doesn't oh, matter sure, if what happened. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Happened. Yeah, no, 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 still, right, right, right. No, no, the, the numbers still at a two zero deficit. Right, right. The numbers for the numbers for sure moved, and I've missed my opportunity to hedge at that point. So basically, it's like, so the 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 decision that I'm 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 at the question mark of um, hedging at all, and then if hedging, waiting for one Toronto Raptors win. And I think I'm probably there. I think that's probably my play. If if, think, if you're worried about it, yeah, I think the spot to I, I would either just not hedge, and hope hope things play out. You know, the first if the first four games go home, 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 and you can look, you can reevaluate. But if they do steal away a game, if they steal a you know home field away, home court away, 
and then they win game three at home, then you're going to have a very nice number to have both sides of it and relax a little. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, yeah you kind of got to decide if you're willing to ride it out or if you want to puss out and do it before the series. Because the numbers you have, you can still hedge out at, like, minus 180. I sure. know what numbers you have. You 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 could buy your way out of it and, and relax and watch the series. I'm very okay. excited. I hope, you know... Um, they're running away with it right now, and I do hope that Toronto takes game six, and I hope it's a great series because I, I don't have any skin in the game in the Eastern Conference, and I am super excited for uh for this series. Like I'm, I'm more excited for this than any iteration of what the Western Conference could be. And it's without a doubt. Close. No, without a doubt. The, uh, and we'll get to the Western Conference in a second, but do you think that uh, Toronto, Milwaukee, go how many games? Regardless of winner, how many games? Six. six, six at least. Six at least. I'd bet over right. five and a half with my firstborn. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's winning four or one. I don't think. Yeah. I unless, mean, unless uh, unless there's a major injury or Kawhi. Right. Is just I was gonna say unless yeah, unless 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 Brooke Lopez or uh, take pulls a pulls a Zaja Zaja Pachulia. And uh, and takes Kawhi Leonard out in Game One by sliding oh, under. Oh, that dirty, yeah. dirty, dirty bastard! Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing that would really <laughs> fuck things up. Um, okay, <clears throat> anyway, Western Conference, I, Nugs, R- Blazers is going seven. Still, in my opinion, even as amazing as the Nugs looked last night, the Blazers were absolutely gassed. Mike Malone can get effed, leaving his starters in. For eight minutes of the fourth quarter, eight minutes of the fourth quarter in a game that was a 30-point game, Terry Stotts can also get F for having, you know, for for not taking his foot off the gas, for having all of his tall white guys out on the perimeter just bombing threes five seconds into the shot clock. I guess he had nothing to lose, so I can't be that mad that that was his strategy. But that the fourth quarter of that game, taking that thing over, Boiled my blood. There were so many foul calls. The refs were blowing a, such a soft whistle in that fourth quarter, and the game was so out of reach. I was out of my mind upset about that. And that was my biggest loss by far of the whole playoffs, and that hurt fucking bad. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that uh, that was tough. Um, I think that leaving Jokic in till the very end of the fourth quarter, and this is, this is shaded with cognitive bias because I am pissed. I think the fact that they left him in that late, and he was huffing and puffing at the end, and that is not a well-conditioned seven-foot-tall white guy. And he was huffing and puffing at the end. He's got to turn around now and play in two nights. And That's they racist. absolutely, it, it absolutely, the entirety of Nug's fortunes go through Jokic and his ability to get O rebounds and to 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 be kind of the cleanup man uh, when some of the shooters are not hitting their shots. And without a doubt. Uh, he, I'm expecting him to have a subpar performance in game six because he played a hell of a lot of minutes so far in this series and his usage has been out of this world to this point in the series. And he's going to, I think they're going to struggle to keep up with the Blazers in Portland in the first half. And I think Malone is going to have to see the writing on the wall and pack it up and save it for game seven. Uh, and that's kind of the way I'm going to be betting into that game of the series, although I'll be, be very, very candid and say I have not had a good read whatsoever on the way that the series has played out so far. With that, I will, uh, I will back the, you up on that. Let's get to the main event. Uh, and specifically, um, 
what are you doing about your position on the Warriors? With three games to go, do you feel relatively high confidence that they still beat these Rockets? Because this feels like a goddamn coin flip to me, even with the Warriors having two of the three it, it home games. It is, and I'm just whatever. I'm just letting it ride because I have a good number. I don't. I don't love hedging. Okay. Even if you could, let's pretend. Let's pretend you're someone with a lower risk tolerance, then, and you have, you know, your you reverse mortgaged your house and put it on the Warriors when you thought it was a done deal. They were going to win their third straight title, uh, and now you have to take your reverse mortgage out on your beach house or your lake house in order to. Uh, come up with some way it's to make sure you don't. Here. We have a cab. Your cab. Okay. What are you doing? Money line, open money line parlay on Rockets game five, game six. If this goes seven, then you're not as worried. You know, what's the what's your approach here for covering covering yourself? Just unload on Rockets at this point. Like you can still get a plus money number on them to win the series. Like, you know, like what, like buy out entirely, you know, like if you are risk averse, what is your appropriate strategy to hedge out of this play? Warriors title that is, or even Warriors series. I think it's a plus. I think it's a plus number for, I think it's a two way market on Warriors don't win the title. Oh, I, I mean, I, it, yeah, it's, it's complicating it. I think it's like can, minus one twenty five right now. Yeah, you can I, get plus one hundred five to for anyone yeah. else to win the title. Yeah, I, yeah. If you want to just completely uncomplicate it and without open parlays and overthinking it, I think you can just make a bet. Like the Warriors do not win the title. Do you do Which, it today? Uh, that would be if you were if if you were hedging against the Warrior winning the title. That would be the hedge. <laughs> yes. Dumb yes. as it sounds. Um, yes, I think you're probably right. Actually, <laughs> um, you can get. I mean, you can you can get a pretty decent number on just uh, the Western Conference. Even you can okay. get uh, Field wins the Western Conference at plus one sixty. Oh, that's your play. Oh, that's the play. That's your play right there. Oh, that's the play. Oh my God! Really? Wow. Yep. Uh, Warriors although, are like, no, 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 I, I have it. it I have I it in. It uh, I take it back. I take it back. If uh, if Giannis goes to the finals, are we really not giving him any chance? <laughs> wow, wow. Give him a chance to win two games. Wow, they have home court, dude. I don't like that matchup. You don't like that matchup? They the Bucks. What? What's line that? Line that? What's that serious price? Uh. It is. Let me just double check. The Bucks do have home court in this, don't they? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. The Buccaneer, the Buccaneers won sixty, and the Dubineers won fifty-seven. <clears throat> so they will be traveling to Game One in in uh, in the great state of Beautiful Wisconsin. Milwaukee. <clears throat> yeah. The, the uh, Miller Light Brewery, Lakeside Brewery. Yeah, honestly, it's just breweries there, Lakefront. So here's what's gonna here's what's gonna impact the price. What's gonna impact the price is, um, we're expecting high likelihood that the Bucks series goes long, right? And we are expecting high likelihood that the Dubs were the if they get out of this, take care of the Nuggies or the Blazers in four. And that recalibrates that that recalibrates the entire market to the Warriors will 
win their next title. And that you probably minus are getting minus, I was going to say minus 220, uh, probably. You think minus 300? Because, uh, you know what? Yeah. Well, it'll be I mean, like what, the Rockets, if, if the they blast, if they ass blast yeah, right, through it, you're right, you're right, you're right. It'll be, it'll be minus. Yeah, if they ass blast right. through in four, you're right. you're and right. the and the the dinosaurs and the bucks go seven, yeah, then right. it could it'll be, be minus a big three. number. It'll be minus three hundred. You're probably right. That was the that was the number opening number on Warriors Rockets, and I think everybody kind of ex- kind of treating this like this is the pseudo finals. Um, well, which, do you remember the Do you remember the price last year? Granted, completely different than playing Giannis or Kawhi, I think, with the oh, supporting man. cast. Minus 500 ish. You know, but what was the price? Head. I think it was five, 550 when we got the minus 500. Yeah, that was that sounds about right to me. Um, it was basically it was basically a plus money. Can the Cavs win two games? Was like plus 110 ish, um, if I remember correctly. Anyway, uh, the um, so. Let's get down to brass tacks then. Uh, dubs or Rockets in game five tonight. Um, the questions that decide the series from where I sit are in no particular order. Um, will James Harden's legs give out on him at some point before this is over? Uh, does Mike D'Antoni have any adjustments, tactical or otherwise, left up his sleeve to differentiate his approach uh, in a way that can give them a tactical advantage over the Warriors. Uh, do, you, do you feel like Houston was lucky not to drop one at home, one of the yes. two? Yes, yes, I do. Things got chintzy at the end both times. Yes, I do. But, I think, so, I but think the Dubs, dubs were, win the dubs tonight, but I'm not sure story, they cover the, the dubs. The Dubs. Were oh, and, and I will say, I will say, you go yeah. back to one and two. Yeah, yeah. It yeah, feels like were, no matter what happens, like this series should be two and two. Every game is a coin flip, like and some, two and two some, feel it feels right. right. Some role player who you didn't even know was going to get minutes in this game in, in this series is going to hit like a magical three, you know, and it's going to be the difference maker at some point. And you're going to be like, "Wow, that's really because like that's how close the, this t- these two teams are, in my opinion. Uh, that's how you know the so, so little separates them. It's going to take something weird like that. Um, other questions on the on the Warriors side that I have like. How engaged is Steve Kerr at this point? Like, and what level of his, you know, is of his coaching, you know, acumen and strategy and decision making are the Warriors even listening to? Um, that's you know, do uh, can you know can Kevin Durant if the going gets tough if they lose Game Five does Kevin Durant even give a shit anymore or is he like all right well it's over like I'm leaving like this is you know this is been fun been real like I carried you guys as far as I could Steph and Clay Thompson were zeros like bye um you know is it, and he'll the, just the, slither slither off to the, into the sunset <laughs> slither off and slither off to the big apple um and the uh, there are some other questions I had for the Warriors, but they're not you know off the top. Of my, I mean you know are we going to get an explosive Steph Curry shooting performance at some point in the series? I tend to think no on that. I th- I think they are doing the Rockets are doing a very good job of finally finally. I was like clamoring for this in some of my NBA chats that I kind of you know espouse my uh, frustration and I was clamoring for D'Antonio to D'Antoni to attack when they get the Curry switch more, he was letting 
Harden dribble the shit out of the ball for no freaking reason uh, for, you know, for way too much of the series at this point. But they're doing a good job now of, you know, attacking once they get the switch on Steph, getting him tired out on defense, exposing him for his poor defense. Uh, and I think that's impacting some of how he is shooting on the other end. And Chris Paul's in his head a little bit. I think Chris Paul's always defended Steph Curry very well. He's always been a very, he's always been a nightmare matchup for Steph. And so I don't actually expect Steph to, you know, all of a sudden elevate his game tonight or some, you know, or game six or game seven and be the difference maker. It's going to have to be Kevin Durant that does it. Uh, Clay Thompson looks hurt to me. Uh, Draymond Green and Iggy, Iggy, Iggy has been amazing this series. He got a little dinged with kind of a dirty play by Chris Paul at the end of game four. I'm nervous about how healthy he is because they have extremely limited depth on the rock on the, uh, on the Warriors team. And if Iggy's not right, if he can't contribute, if Draymond goes, gets cold again, which is eminently possible. Uh, I think the I, I I'm kind of talking myself into the Warriors are in trouble here. Any of that scaring you? Well, yeah, no, at all. I, I'm, if you have Warriors futures, you, this is the this is the series. This is the title. Like I, I do think the uh, Western Conference Finals are four or five games. The finals are five or six. And like this one, this if I didn't have a ticket, I would be very excited about this going game seven. But since I do, I'd love to see the Warriors just take five and six here and get it done. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, this is always going to be the scary series, the way the seating played out, the way it looked like, you know, as we got down to it, the seating was going to play out. It's like, shit, we're going to do this one early. Cause I mean, this should be the Western conference finals, but teams don't give a shit in the regular season enough to worry about seating uh, when you're, you know, when you're in the top quarter of the league and you're, you're just kind of going through the motions for sure. the games. Sure. Uh, so. I mean, it it, it it sucks that we're getting. It does suck that we're getting this in the you know conference semifinals. But yeah, this was always no matter when this series was going to happen. This was the one we were going to worry about. Of course, I'm worried as having a Dubs ticket, but as having a Dubs ticket at pretty much even money, I I'll still take it. Like I got the I got the best of the number. I knew what I was in for with uh, with Houston. I think we. Made it through. I, I'm not even worried about really the boogie injury, whatever. It's just we got through it without any major injuries through the season until that. They're in good shape. They're still the Warriors. Maybe it is a coin flip the rest of the series, but I mean, I got a coin flip price. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and um, ride or die. Okay. You got better than a coin flip price, didn't you? If you could get that price you got on a coin flip, you would just flip coins the rest of your life, wouldn't you? <laughs> Pretty much, I'd have to look. I don't think it was. I don't think it was quite even. It was. It certainly wasn't minus one ten though. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, um, uh, I got it. I got it down a couple places. I think. I think the first question that I posed was kind of the key still, and it's a matter of whether or not Harden's legs disappear on him. Um, and you'll know it when you see it. Like if you're if you've been watching this series, like you will know it. Uh, and he showed a little bit of creeks in the utah series uh there it wasn't a hard series for the team overall because they were so much better and they were such a brutal matchup um but um you know if, if halfway through game five if uh if his threes are hitting the underside of the front rim uh it is time to absolutely unload all of your freaking roll on on the dubs because as harden goes the rockets go and um 
yeah, it's pretty amazing to watch. You think it's because he always kicks his legs out into people and that makes him die? <laughs> like I do think that's exactly what it is. Um, anyway, uh, the that's about all I got for NBA. Uh, I'm out, man. Um, it's been fun. Uh, um, and oh, major no, I got league one baseball more. hot take. No, 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 no I, 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 got, I got a I got baseball hot take. But before we get to baseball, all right, I got one more. all right. I thought we were saving basketball for next week. We are. Like, we you are. talked big. Oh, we <laughs> no, we're saving NBA we're for saving, when we have our guests on. Yeah, we're we're saving. What we're are we saving gonna the, do? What are we gonna do with the Celtics? And then we talked about it for half an hour. Right. Well, I was overflowing with. Oh, well, yeah, off season. So. Yeah, the off season stuff. So off season stuff. Um, okay. Now, what in the blue? And Kyrie, flag? if you're listening, which you aren't, because you're playing a game. Like, dude, you take to- take your jersey off and give it to somebody when you're leaving. Like before you even <laughs> hit the tunnel, I want to see that. I want to see that move. That'd be great. The ultimate power move. Fuck you, Boston. I'm done. That'd be great, Which man. He is anyway, probably. But... Um, All right. Okay. What's your last take? Last take. Uh, I'm annoyed about people who are clamoring for NHL playoffs are been better than the NBA playoffs, and the NBA ratings are down, and blah blah blah. Like no. Like uh, this, that is a misread entirely. And I know I'm immersed in this, and I'm thinking about this when I wake up, when I go to bed. I think and some people just many like hours in between. Uh, yeah, some people just like hockey, but but the NHL playoffs have been enjoyable. They've been fine, but they haven't been so freaking amazing this year that I would in any way, shape, or form qualify them as better than the NBA playoffs, especially in round two. Like I, I really, I, I enjoyed round one. The upsets were amazing. There were some amazing games that came down to some amazing individual plays, uh, the likes of which you rarely see in hockey, and I really loved it. Round two has been a bust for me in the NHL. I haven't gotten into any of these series. We had two game sevens. I, did you watch any uh, Stars uh, Blues last night? Did that get your blood going at all? Game oh, seven, no, I don't, overtime? I, I'm just taking I'm – a, I'm, a I'm a box score guy. I did a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, once 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 my Islanders are eliminated, I, I did I did dip my toes into hockey Twitter. I was I was given some hot takes, but uh, <laughs> you know now I, I have to bow out. My teams are out. Uh, once again, I will say it. Congratulations again to America. We won the cup again. Twenty five straight years. Um, hopefully for the That's sake of, of our street. boy, the mill. Cal- oh, I mean it. it you talk about like Cal Ripken. You talk about uh, uh, who's the, why am I why can't I think of the guy with the hit streak the fifty uh, Dimaggio? Dimaggio, yeah. Dimaggio, yeah. The fifty six games. I mean uh, Johnny Vandermeer, two straight no hitters. Those are great yeah. streaks. But twenty five straight years as a country to win the Stanley Cup. Good job, America. Um, I'd love to see it broken though. Um, I'd really like Calgary to win for. Mill really needs he needs a win up there. Yeah, he does. He needs they, they don't have many teams in Calgary. It's I mean they they don't apparently the Stampeders winning the CFL wasn't as big of a deal to him as it was for me. Yeah, but no, I, I you know I'm just not a big we're not big hockey guys. I think it probably is exciting for the hockey. It, it is a good setup. I love the seven game series. There was a few too many sweeps for my taste, but uh, there's been a lot of playoff uh, overtime, which is awesome. Just ask John Boyce. And I mean, that's been fun, but yeah, it, it's hard for me to like even determine it, have they been good playoffs because I don't pay enough attention. It's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. 
with the, the game. We have a game seven going on right now, don't we? Is that Avs? Yes. That- San Jose is up one nothing, and uh, yeah, it's up two nothing now. Okay. Two one. Well, good job, good job, good effort, Avs. Um, I think it's no, two it's one right now. So good job, oh, hockey teams. Good job, good hockey, job Twitter. hockey Twitter. Yeah, good job. Um, what's your what's your baseball hot take so far? Oh, okay. Keep- just because I only follow the Twins. My, yes, the twink, uh, as the much twinks. as I, you know, I talk about how I've, I've become less of a fan of my home teams as I get immersed more in gambling because it, sure. it helps you to distance yourself from the, uh, the tribalism, the, yeah, and it's, the home, it's just the favorite, the like favorite is seeing how, and yeah, just seeing how some people are about their favorite teams just makes me sick to my stomach anyway. So I still like my twins, I cheer for them, but I've separated myself enough to bet against them. And they're good. They're good this year. And I do believe they will continue to be a good team. But I'm looking at their schedule coming up. And with the injuries in Cleveland and the way the Twins have set themselves up so far this season, I think there might be some opportunities to finally bet against them. Once they, like The, the Angels are bad. The, honestly, the, they're playing the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays aren't good. The, the schedule the for like the, the next three the weeks off of Blue Jays is, right now. yeah, they're – yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna sweep the Blue Jays. They should win most of their next series. Uh, Detroit Detroit showed some nice pitching, but their hitting is still pretty suspect. Then they have the Angels, the Mariners, who have come way back to earth. The Angels again, the White Sox, which are not good. So you've got like fifteen straight games against sub five hundred teams here. We're gonna get to the end of May, and if the Twins have like a five, six, seven game lead on the Indians. Like I'm, I'm taking an Indians future because the Twins' schedule. I mean, they, they have had to play the Astros a little, but they've had a shitload of games against the Orioles. They're going to play a bunch against the Angels. Like yeah. they've had a soft schedule. It toughens up here. June, so, late May. That's, that's June my only baseball like, hot yeah. take. Is, that's a great one, man. Late it, May, it does, June oh, looks like it like does hell. get a oh. lot tougher. They got a lot and of Cleveland. Rays. Cleveland's they got a lot not of Cleveland. bad. They Cleveland got a lot is of Red Sox. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Wait. Yeah, and that's the thing. Cleveland Cleveland can make up some ground quickly once they get some players back and they play the Twins a bunch. If they can if they can win two out of three against the Twins a few times, they're going to make up some ground in a hurry. So if that does come to fruition, it looks like kind of uh, about two to three weeks here. Freaking the love Twins that. Had a lead. I'm going to take some Indians to win the Central. Wait, and doesn't make – doesn't – are we missing, are we missing part today. one? Are we missing part one of this two-part plan? Twins to win the Central? You already have to. Should we take some Twins right now? Yeah. Oh take God, some Twins I mean, right now plus year. money and come back at, uh, at India's plus money. No, but not everybody has Twins in, in their pocket. It's probably value round right now, right? What, what kind of number do you think it was? Oh, and I forgot. I have. What's the other stupid bet I made that I tweeted? Sometimes I don't even bet like the actual plus EV bets I'm actually making on stuff. I'll just tweet the, the ridiculous things that I that I post but i bet like the twins meet the phillies in the world series at sure. a big number like actually that doesn't look you know and that doesn't look terrible no it sure doesn't Phillies. Um, okay so well I, i'm gonna play no, we should do some more I, baseball yet this summer I, i'm gonna play along because i like this i'm gonna take twinks uh now uh with their Ooh, dude cleveland's got a minus 14 run, run diff cleveland does not have a good run differential man um, and the Twinkies do, uh, but yeah, that's gonna that separation is gonna get to like 
it's going to get to about six or seven games before Memorial Day. Well, we'll say five and a half at least, maybe six. That's going to get to like six games before Memorial Day. You don't play another tough team until Memorial Day, by the way. Um, so this is your time to shine, Twinks. Um, no, that's what I'm saying. It is it is a hell of a stretch of bad teams that they're going to play in a row here before yeah, they really. end up with with some Rays, some Cleveland, some some tougher games. No, it is kind of a wild, unbalanced schedule. And I will say to, to temper the expectations on that, they do get to play. And this does go for both teams. So I don't know if it's actually a, a good point to make. But um, the Indians and Twins do get to play the Royals, the White Sox, the Tigers, a bunch. So I think a lot of it might come down to what team can who takes care of business. Stay hot against who takes yeah, care who of takes biz. care of business. I and they, uh, the Indians got Lindor back. The Indians will get their pitching back together, and they'll be buyers. They're going to be buyers. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. Everybody wants bullpen help. Apparently, the way any baseball game I've watched this year, it's like, hey, that that team could use uh, help in the bullpen. So I don't know how that's going to go or what the Indians will be buying, but yeah, they'll be buyers. They're expecting to win this division. They're not going to, you know, punt on the season. I wouldn't think so. I think, yeah. uh, I think I like whatever number it may be eventually. And that's, like uh, that's deep dive baseball for you. I like this man. Um, the, just to put a fine point on this, the Indians have um, seven games against the Red Sox and the, and the Tampa Bay Rays before the Twins play another team that has a winning record. So Yeah, that's what I oh no, I looked at the yeah, I forgot to even mention the Indian schedule. Like it, it could be an eight game it could be an an eight game, you know, lead in the division sounds big, but it'll be May. You don't have parades in May. I mean you can I guess, but you know what I mean. Can I ask you then, have you been paying attention to any of the award markets in baseball? Because it sure feels like there's been some overreactions there to some hot starts. Is that nuts? Well, I've been, I've been, yeah, and mostly just because of our, our friend Christian. <laughs> he's, I mean, well, he, 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 he keeps me updated. And it's, yeah. I'm not even teasing he him. Like, he, he led the charge on us. He led the charge on Absolutely. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. He's, he's locked struck, in much he better numbers. He's gold than, on yeah. a couple tickets. Yeah, right. Yeah, there, there's a there's someone who is a, a two to one favorites right now to win, and he got some hundred to one. Yeah, that's right. uh that's good. I mean, uh, granted, <laughs> it's it's a long way until we get to the end of the season. There's many a slip twixt the cup and the lip, but I mean, he's got his tickets up, on, and he knows what he's doing. He's not he's not a dumb fella. He's got his tickets up on prop swap, and and getting people, you know, if somebody wants those. And uh, on a guy that's two, three to one, they can buy a ticket from him, which essentially will give them a seven to one ticket. So they're getting great value, and he's getting a bunch of money guaranteed. So it's kind of a nice deal for everybody. So it's not a sponsored post. Um, yeah, let's should we show <laughs> let's, should we show for that? Yeah, like just well, no. I mean, if you're looking at that, you want a big old fat ticket, and I mean, you you don't have to tell your friends you bought it off prop swap either. You can be like, oh look, I had them. Oh yeah, you can one. you can take that straight to the gram. You can take that straight to the gram. Man. Get some get some big time. Put that right on the, internet. Put on, get some internet hearts, man. Take that right to the. Uh, right to put that on the IG. <laughs> like, look right how smart I was. Yeah, hashtag. Yeah, write your name on the ticket, uh, Pina. Like, <laughs> do that so they can't do that shit. 
Does that does that reduce the value though? Because I don't know. Anyway, all right, good stuff, man. Uh, also, congrats. That's an autograph. To, yeah, yeah. Congrats to our uh, our old pal Barry Horse for destroying baseball to this point in the season. I uh, hope he uh, continues to uh, own the market, and uh, it's that's fun to follow along with as well. Um, should we wrap? I got. I'm pretty. I'm pretty much out of sports thoughts. Yeah. Congratulations to. Uh, the the Boston Celtics for having their best quarter of the game so far. They got twenty three <laughs> points in the third. Yes, that is I, uh, things are see, looking up. Yeah, they were they they closed it a little bit. And did you see? Uh, did you see uh, for the Buckaroos? Uh, Pat Connaughton, Notre Dame's finest. Yeah, uh, and literally a guy that if you you I'm literally surprised he's not wearing a Celtics jersey. Uh, stuck a dagger in the old uh, in the old Celtics. That was uh, pretty funny. Yeah, he has as many threes made as Kyrie. Kyrie is now five of nineteen. Just padding that resume. Ay ay ay. Sorry, and sorry. Aye, trigger aye, trigger aye, warning aye. for the uh, trigger warning for the Boston fans. I don't think this is how trigger warnings work, where you do it afterwards. But uh, yeah, and tune in next way, next understand. Wednesday. Tune in next Wednesday when we figure out oh, what yeah, do the what do the Celtics do now uh, besides sign Pat Connaughton to a max deal? Uh, what do the Celtics do now? Uh, but no, next week we have a lot of great content coming up. Let's tease a little bit of this because we have oh, some yeah. people Let's that tease yeah the we got shit out of people really. Oops. And by teasing the shit out of this, I'm just going to say it on a podcast. And now these people can't uh, necessarily back out on us without looking. Uh, you know, looking a little sus suspect. Not that I expect that at all. Uh, but uh, next Monday is going to be a ton of fun. Uh, we are going to talk to Captain Jack uh, about, uh, you know, he's, he's been finger on the pulse because he lives on the East Coast, finger on the pulse of uh, the burgeoning legal gambling space in the United States. It's been one year going since the end of prohibition of, uh, of Pap you know, what was it, PAPSPA got repealed. Um, and, uh, Pap so we're going to talk, yeah, Pap smear got repealed one year ago. So we're going to talk to Captain Jack about sort of the state of the industry, uh, a year in, uh, he's got some amazing stories as well. So that should be a ton of fun. Very much looking forward to that on Monday. Um, and then, uh, as I mentioned, we got a great, great basketball guy, uh, to talk with us on, um, Wednesday, we'll hit some more NBA playoffs. We'll know for sure what the East and West conference finals are. And we'll even have a couple Eastern and Western Conference final results in hand so we can kind of talk about how those series are shaping up as well as what the hell to do with the teams that got eliminated this round because there's going to be a lot of questions to be asked of the Warriors or the Rockets, whoever gets eliminated. There's going to be a lot of questions asked about Philly and Boston and uh, presumably even the Blazers uh, if they get bounced. Um, so that should be a really, oh, yeah. fun, really fun topic. I cannot wait to talk about no. this. Um, and uh yeah, we've and then, gone we kind yeah. of went over our whole next month and boy we've got a lot yeah, go, what, what of, else we got what, for yeah, not what really having you know for not having the nfl and we are going to get into the nfl we're not 100 percent sure on the timing or the guest two nfl good pods. ideas yep, we are going to do pods. full yeah two full nfl pods well one definitely going over some of these early numbers before they start getting moved all summer on the regular season win totals um, uh, we'll reach out to a, we'll reach the out French to Open. Our, we'll reach out second to one of our big slam. Overseas for that for sure. Um, for the regular season wins, 
it could, tease that a little bit. I've got some tease that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll reach out to one of our overseas friends for some insight into the regular season. The guy who who eats, breathes, and sleeps and thinks about NFL even when it's the off season. So that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, second NFL pod with an analyst guy guy that i really like uh following and, and hearing kind of what's going on in the burgeoning analytics space of the nfl and try to figure out how we can apply some of that stuff to our handicap um what else french open is coming up at the end of this month and french uh, open french yeah, open we'll get uh get a little, little, little uh talk to talk to the ball boys for the french open that's gonna be fun talk a little tennis talk a little tennis. Yeah, i want i want to do a little uh because you know we i do have a secondary podcast there where we just we break down every tennis tournament on the men's side every week going over it and talking outrights but i kind of want to do some some ball boys crossover here where we just maybe we and we've done a little tennis 101 in the past but maybe a little more tennis 102 like some things you can do once you get to know how tennis betting works some things some resources maybe you you could be using to starting to sharpen up your tennis handicap because fuck it's uh, it's something i bet still every week because it is every week you can bet so much tennis if you really want and you pay attention it's a fun sport to get your dgen on yeah and for and, sure i mean you can do well if you pay attention so uh what, yep. is that all we had i mean uh no we got uh, we had a few EV, other things plus ev analytics we're going to talk about he's doing a really yep. interesting study right now kind of helping you know, specifically addressing, um, you know, how predictive markets are, uh, which if you are a plus EV better or you aspire to be a plus EV better, that's going to be a cannot miss. Um, we got, uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be all kinds of gambling topics hit. I'm sure I'm forgetting some, so we've lined you up and I've forgotten. Uh, we're going to reach out to Rufus at one point, at some point and talk, uh, gambling stories. That should be fun. Um, maybe, I haven't heard back for sure on a date from the guy who wrote, wrote the poker guy who wrote the, uh, uh, this logic of sports betting book, which everybody seems to be pretty high on. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we have a lot of interesting topics for the next month. I've read, I've read just part of that now. Sports. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So that'll be fun. Um, oh yeah. yeah and we're, yes, it's, it's going to be a solid month of guests and topics. And you know, if there's somebody else you want to hear on here, don't come to us. Shame them into coming on. <laughs> yes. Immediately. That's a great point. <laughs> Get That's in their DMs. Point. Yeah, don't, That's a great point. Because, so, right, yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk to anybody. Don't, we love, don't tell we love us. talking to we do some our, we do, folks. We do some hard work behind don't the scenes. Don't call us. We'll call up. Yeah. We do some hard work behind the scenes lining up some interesting guests. If there's someone you want to hear from, get in their mentions and be like, hey, why, why haven't you been on? I want to hear what you have to say about this, uh, and then that, uh, then that, that's that's all we need. That's all the motivation we need. Was, you know, we're we're looking for uh, the power of the crowd here. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. This was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, poo poo platter of sports topics in a very busy month. Yeah, we spent forty minutes just talking before this about nothing. We yeah. talked a lot of soccer. Just, oh, dude! Like, what should we talk about? Do you tonight? want one? Do you want yeah. one funny? Do you want one really funny story? UCL was. UCL want, was. Yeah, we, I know. We skipped this week. We yeah. skipped that. That was wild. Fifteen to one Liverpool advances and twenty-five to one at one point in Tottenham advances. That was wild. You could get Liverpool over twenty to one to advance. I mean, there were some big fat numbers out there on that one. Jeez, mm, oof. That's uh, the rarity of those two things happening on their own, let alone in consecutive days, is not lost on me. But they're independent events, so you really can't say that the probability of this happening and then this happening is correlated at all, right? 
Anyway, um, what was I going to tell you? Oh, uh, what funny ass story for Dan Poopoo Platter on. Uh, so we did the uh, the TVG promo last week, right? And uh, we were going back and forth. Oh man, is anyone even going to freaking sign up for this? Like, just, you know, we have no freaking clue. We we don't really have a lot of understanding or respect for how many people even listen to this podcast. And if you're even listening now, two hours in, you win a, a, a merit badge because I don't know who is still tuned in. But uh, we did hear from some people who use the TVG promo. Uh, most of them were like, "Hey, TVG is trying to not give me my free hundred dollars." Uh, and we helped them get that resolved. So good on TVG for coming through with their free $100 that was promised to everyone that deposited $100 to bet on the Kentucky Derby. Uh, and um, one of the guys that I like personally helped on that, uh, he hit a, uh, uh, a, <laughs> a what he hit the he hit the trifecta in the Derby, which paid $2 trifecta paid uh, 25,000, I think, uh, or 22,000. So he made a five-figure payday out of a $2 trifecta on the Derby uh, using two free dollars that he got from the Whale Capper promo. So that was very cool. So congratulations to our buddy there. Uh, that is a true story. This is not bullshit. Uh, and um, one, of my, uh, one of our sharp uh, friends, I met, him up, met up with him for lunch yesterday, and I was telling him that story. And he told me a story that absolutely killed me. He's like, okay, there's a guy who's – you know, relatively well known in the gambling space and the gambling media space, especially who he's like, this guy is a dick. Like he's, he's just, he's not well liked. He's, and I'm not going to name names, but he's, this guy's not well liked. Um, and, um, and he was, he had been doing uh, promos for um, bet online and uh, affiliate promos, like full on, like affiliate promos where you are getting a cut of the losses of people who are depositing at, at the shop. Right. And he was like, I, he was like, I, he's this, this is an advantaged player. He was like, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm going to deposit money using this guy's promo and just bet into these markets that I dominate and, you know, stack money until my account gets locked. Uh, and he said he, he was doing it because the affiliate balance sheet, if you refer people who are sharp and win money, that comes off of what they have to pay you as an affiliate. Did you know that? I did not until just now. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was. And so he was basically like, yeah, so he was basically like, screw this guy. Like, I'm going to specifically take a bite out of his affiliate fees by hitting my advantage plays in this prop market and and, uh, and screwing his you know, limit. Yeah, you know, limit plays in, in this prop market and, and uh, specifically it's like you know, so he's like one month he's getting, you know, two thousand dollar kickback and the next month they're like, Oh, you're negative, bro. <laughs> like you know, the people that you referred, like uh, they're actually winning money from us, so we don't owe you anything. So that cracked me up so hard. You actually I, owe us <laughs> You owe us, man. Who the hell are you referring this to? What, what, what's going on here? Uh, so that, that I just died when I heard that story that made me so happy. So, uh, with all that, um, we don't, we didn't collect affiliate fees from the TVG thing. So we had no sweat paying off $22,000 that one of our guys hit the trifecta on, uh, it all comes from a pool anyway. Well, it's no funny. It's funny how the, my head, my head was so backwards and I even (laughs) spent five minutes talking about paramutual betting. Like that we saw that guy. Yeah. He hit, he hit a $22,000 payday on two bucks. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he made other bets. It's not like like he made one $2 bet. He made, he boxed up a bunch of plays and he hit it. But 
and I'm like, oh shit. Uh, hopefully they don't realize like he was referred by us. And then I'm like, <laughs> you know, eventually it's like, oh, he, they don't, they don't care. That's just pool money. It doesn't matter who wins or how many people win. Yeah. They, it's like we said, they take their cut. The the books, whoever's taking the action, they take their cut first. So I don't know. I don't think it, it doesn't matter. Horse yeah, racing's no. uh, it's a horse of a different color, but no, yeah, I that was totally was cool. Net. Shout out to net. that guy. Yeah, that was, was awesome to see him. Yeah. Hit that the whole promo, the whole promo was definitely a net win. I got to pet a horse. That was my highlight. You got to you got to pet a horse. Good, good job by you. Um, all right, man. Let's wrap this up. This was a ton of fun as always. Enjoy your weekend. Hit some winners. RIP Celtics. Uh, hopefully, RIP Sixers. And, oh my uh, God, yeah. And yeah, Dubs, War- Dubs Rockets going to be fire. I cannot wait for this game. Enjoy. <laughs>